Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. This episode will be part two of Working Dogs, Dogs with Jobs. Now, I have several interesting topics to share with you. We are going to talk about greyhound dogs and greyhound racing. We're going to talk about some specialized guard dogs. We're going to talk about some canine police dogs and some specialized therapy dogs that you would never expect, actually. Sweet. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, very informative, and I hope everyone learns a few things, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And Dave, you also have something for us too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So uh, with this episode, I, I decided to try my little puns out, and I said this is uh, gar- or, or Working Dogs Part Doo-Doo. Uh, Girls didn't like it. (laughs) Out of all your puns that you've made on this show, that's my favorite. (laughs) Or doo-doo. I'm not putting it in the title, but... (laughs) Yeah, they were like, oh, great, Dad. You should get your own sitcom. (laughs) Yeah, and you could be your own laugh track as well. Because, yeah, it's only stuff I love. That probably is my favorite pun. I don't know why. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm in trouble. (laughs) And we hope everyone enjoyed Working Dogs Part 1. We talked about Dalmatians and how they came to be fire dogs and why they're associated with firemen, which yeah. is which is interesting to learn. Yeah. And we talked about sled dogs. We talked about duck hunting dogs. Mostly my do- our, our dog, Roxy, the uh-huh. family dog, Roxy. She's a black Labrador. We talked about that. And then we, you brought up uh, turtle sniffing dogs, I remember. Yeah. And then probably my favorite part uh, was truffle hunting dogs. Oh, yeah. I, I have been obsessed with truffles recently, Dave. <laughs> I've been obsessed with them for about a month since we did it. And, <laughs> and now I, I actually had a plan, everyone. Um, I found a place in Salt Lake City that had truffles available. Uh-huh. And before I came over today to record, I was planning on going there and getting some truffles so we could do like a live taste, taste test of truffles. Uh-huh. But uh, before I went, I was like, maybe I should just double check to see if they have them and they're completely out of them. Or maybe they're not in season. I don't know exactly. But they didn't have them. Otherwise, we would be doing a live taste test on truffles right now. Maybe they're a restaurant that was... That uh, was take took my idea and was like, oh, let's just put it on the menu so that we seem prestigious. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Do they say the pricing on it? Uh, well, this place, you could buy them by the ounce. And so one of the truffles, I, I don't know, the, I couldn't remember the kinds. You could The cheapest one that I was going to get was like 13 bucks an ounce. Okay. But uh, on I mean, that their, sounds like the Chinese pricing, <laughs> the, the bad ones. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where they were from, honestly. But then uh, they had... A couple others, and they had the white truffles from Italy. Ooh. Guess it was like 57 bucks for a half an ounce. Wow. So, <laughs> and once those are, I don't know if I could do that, but if I could justify spending that much on a white yeah. truffle. But those truffle tariffs will eat you alive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, un- unfortunately, we couldn't do that. But as soon as we get truffles, guys, we will. Uh, do a taste test on them, and we will let you know what they're like. All right? uh, we should do a video on that one. We could, yeah. We could do a video on that one. Yeah. That'd be fun. But uh, as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. Good evening, gentlemen. And keep this between us, but my old college roommate used to deal truffles. I'm willing to bet he still has the hookup. If you would like, I could give him a call. Oh, well. I may actually ask him for a favor now. (laughs) Well, I don't know, Professor. We know you used to have a truffle problem back in college. We don't don't know if we want to get you hooked again. He wants us to buy it so he can eat it. Yeah. (laughs) He probably would, too. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, Professor Cheetor is now a, is a truffle addict at some point. <laughs> Pretty silly, but I think it's funny. But uh, also, as always, we want to thank all of our, all of our listeners for tuning into us. We've been doing well. Um, it's really awesome. So thank you, everyone. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, something you can do is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the purple icon. Give us a review. Give us five stars. You can say whatever you want. Say something you like about the show. Tell us where you're from. Tell us your favorite type of dog. Tell us you want truffles. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but the ratings and reviews, guys, they really do help our podcast gain more attention and gain more listeners. So, yeah, it means a lot. Please go ahead and do that for us. Yeah. But, Dave, what do you say we get started and let's talk about our first working dog? Let's do it. All right. We are going to talk about the fastest dog breed on the planet. That is the Greyhound. Ooh. And we're going to talk about some Greyhound racing. Oh, Okay. What about uh, the bus? We're going to talk about the bus? We're not going to oh, talk oh, about the okay. bus. Uh, the bus is a bus <laughs> with a greyhound painted on it. So there you go. That's that. Uh, actually, one of the fastest animals on the planet, and they are built for speed. Uh, long, powerful legs, deep chest, and flexible spine. They are built very similar to the fastest animal, the cheetah. They're okay. Built yeah. very, very similar. Have uh, you seen one in real life? A greyhound? Yeah. I'm, I don't recall, but I'm sure I have. They are weird looking. They are weird looking. Yeah. They're sleek looking and they can be good. I, they're not bad looking. They, they, they're so, they're so skinny. Yeah. Like, and they're like lean. You, like you said, lean. with a big chest. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's big. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa. And like, they're really sucking it in. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. They're very lean animals, but they're, they're really interesting. So a greyhound can reach a top speed of around 45 miles per hour. Wow. And that's, that ain't, that ain't nothing. That is extremely fast for an animal. Uh, not as fast as a cheetah, which can get up to around 75 miles per Gee. hour, but they're, they're the top contender for a fastest animal. And they are a medium to large size breed with males being around 30 inches tall and weighing on average around 60 to 90 pounds. Okay. And females being around 55 to 75 pounds, so they're smaller. Okay. And greyhounds are called sight dogs, where they favor sight over smell. Oh, okay. And the, the history of greyhounds goes way back in history. And there are artifacts and drawings of greyhounds that go as far back as ancient Egypt. Wow. They are, I from the sources that I gathered, the oldest purebred dog breed that's around still. Wow. So it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. And they are notably a part of the Roman culture during the Roman Empire. They were prevalent there. And greyhounds are even the only dog breed mentioned in the Bible. Oh, interesting. In the King James Version. Oh. I didn't get the translation, but they do mention it. Huh. Uh, now, what they are mostly used for back then is called coursing. Have you ever heard that term? No. So coursing is the pursuit of game, mainly by sight hounds. Basically, it's a fancy word for hunting. Okay. That's what it is. And being bred for coursing continued for centuries. Uh, in England, they were mostly bred for nobility. The rich people had them. Okay. Uh, having greyhounds meant that you were wealthy. Similar to what we said last time with Dalmatians. Yeah. They, uh, they, uh, yeah, they were all kind of for the wealthy. And the more you had, the more better off you were. Um, Shakespeare even mentions greyhounds in one of his, in one of his works. Oh, I didn't write down which one, but 
It's somewhere in there, I promise. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so greyhounds have been around a very long time and have made their mark in history, which is kind of cool. But now let's go over go over a bit on greyhound racing. Greyhound racing is an organized competitive sport with greyhounds racing around a track. Think of it as horse racing, but with greyhounds. It's very similar. Okay. Same, same. Uh, the only real difference is that for greyhound racing, what they do is they use an artificial lure that travels on a rail, uh, kind of looking like a hare, like a uh -huh. rabbit. Um, the lure travels ahead of the dogs, so it's simulating that the dogs are chasing or coursing the, the fake hare. Okay. That makes sense, right? Yeah. And horses, they don't need that. They just run. Yeah. But uh, in several countries, greyhound racing is a part of the gambling industry, particularly where greyhound racing is kind of uh, popular, I guess, is um, in Australia, Ireland, Mexico, Spain, the UK, New Zealand, and the US. Okay. Those are kind of the m most prominent ones. And greyhound racing didn't really start until the early 1900s. In 1912, an American named O.P. Smith, which is a, that's a good name. Yeah. O.P. Smith? I don't know why I just <laughs> like that name. Um, he invented the artificial lure that I was talking about. And years later, he built the first pro dog racing track in Emeryville, California. Oh, okay. And dog racing tracks are oval-shaped, very much just like a horse track. Yeah. Um, it then spread into other nations as an uh, entertaining new sport and betting opportunity. Hmm. And greyhound racing peaked just after World War II. Um, most notably in Britain, it really took oh, off okay. there and the industry then experienced after, for a short while, it was really popular and, um, the industry then experienced a decline in the sixties and that trend has kind of continued ever since okay. it's always kind of been in the, in the decline. Okay. Now, partly why is from betting taxes, um, off course betting, limited sponsorship, animal rights groups. Uh, these are kind of there. There's a whole lot of reasons to why that yeah. hasn't continued. And when it first started, it was kind of meant for the everyman. The um, the blue collar workers were the kind of the ones doing it. Uh -huh. But after a while, the white collar rich people started being the ones to take over it and control it. Uh -huh. And it, since then, it was kind of become a white collar sport. Uh -huh. After a while, it, it happened pretty quick, and so. It was, it was kind of, it, and if you think of like, even with horse racing, you kind of think of it as kind of a white collar thing. Oh yeah. That's what you yeah. attribute it to. Well, if you think about it, you know, the horses are worth so much money now. Yeah. And they're, they have a rider. So you, they have a jockey. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more money involved in something like that. Whereas, yes. Whereas, you know, someone could say, Hey, let's race some dogs, you know? Yeah. So that, that's still an, why it would have started as a blue collar. Yeah. Well, there's still an amateur level, which would you could say is blue collar, but uh, okay. yeah, it kind of it just kind of went down in the '60s, and for all those reasons. Yeah. And obviously, we are we we're, we're not going to do a deep dive into this topic. So there is there's way more to cover of greyhound racing and the history of it than what we're going to do. But um, I do want to mention that. Uh, there is a dark side to greyhound racing. Oh. It's very similar to horse racing, again. Uh, there have been many scandals involving doping the dogs. Oh, gee. 
giving them steroids. Uh, whenever betting is included, someone is always going to try to cheat. Yeah. Remember we talked about it, even with those racing pigeons, pigeons. Yeah. People would hide them. <laughs> people hit them in like little containers, took a bullet train or something, and then would release them further away. Gee. You're always going to have cheaters. And obviously doping is a big, big one to do. Yeah. But I, I also watched a video of trainers in Australia who used live bait, uh, live hairs tied up to train dogs. Oh, okay. Uh, the dogs just rip the hairs apart. Oh, bad. Yeah, and uh, animal, and and so people found caught on to that, and then there was all these. There was a it was a big scandal in Australia. Okay. And animal abuse is another thing. Uh, also, trainers. I have more scandals that involve them killing dogs that Ooh. become too old to race anymore or they get injured. They just take them out back type of a deal. Oh. That, that, that's a scandal. And um, they've kind of outused their usefulness. Yeah. And uh, all of these things have happened. So there is definitely a dark side to Greyhound racing. And I mean, there's dark side to horse racing too and all yeah. that. But uh, generally, a Greyhound... Uh, Greyhound's career ends at four or six years old. So they got about four or five, six years as a career. Oh, and that's probably more than an athlete, right? Uh, in some cases, yeah. It's like when you're at your peak, at 40, obviously. Right? It depends on like baseball players. The average career is like two, maybe three years. Wow. So, yeah. And football, it's not much. It's about the same, too. Okay. Once you hit 30, you're old in sports. <laughs> but, um, Unless you're like a Tom Brady or somebody like that, oh, a quarterback. Yeah. A quarterback is a position you could play longer because you're not getting beat up all the time. Yeah. But anyway, um, their lifespan is right around ten to thirteen years, kind of okay. on par for most dogs. So um, there are many organizations designed to help in the adoption of retired greyhounds. Many of these organizations have been very successful. Hmm. Uh, so Dave. Would you think a greyhound would make for a good pet? Not really. No, you don't think so? No. Okay. Uh, they actually make wonderful pets. Really? So you're wrong. Oh, I guess <laughs> but I, I, yeah, on first when you first think about it, that's what I thought too. I was like, I don't, I can't see them being that good, but they're actually wonderful pets. Huh. They are in the top ten dog breeds for to get for first time owners. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And they are known to be very intelligent, well tempered. Loyal and great with children. Huh. Uh, and contrary to what you, what you would think, you don't need a big house or a big backyard for a greyhound. They are a very suitable apartment dog. Wow. Which is the opposite of what you would think, right? <laughs> yeah. That's because they are very lazy dogs. Oh. Super lazy. Sleeping and just lounging around most of the day. I mean, obviously they need exercise and stuff, but uh, not as much as you would think. That sounds a lot like a cheetah then. Very much like yeah. a cheetah. I swear they're built I'm like not a gonna, cheetah. I'm not going to use my energy unless I have some need for it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they also have very short fur, so they're a low maintenance for okay. grooming. Oh. And they are also a very... I think that they're good looking. I, I, I do. Really? They're very... Elegant looking, yeah. Well, yeah, I could see that. That's which would think is so posh, you know, because they look like a model or something. Yeah, yeah so yeah. skinny. Yeah, they're 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 bougie. <laughs> Pretty bougie. But yeah, that's a good way to point it. Very yeah. sleek, like model like looks to them. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good way to uh, think of it. But they and they also come in many different colors. There's like 
10 or different so different colors they come in. And they generally don't bark and make much noise. Oh. Huh. So that's a good quality. Yeah. Uh, they do love to run, though. So you, if you had a Greyhound, you would need to give them proper exercise. And they'll run around, and they're super fast. But they uh, they do they tucker themselves out pretty quick, oh, that's which good. is a good thing yeah. as an owner. Uh, but the, yeah, greyhounds seem like really fun dogs to have. So uh, I think it's fair to say that they're good boys. Nice. <laughs> oh, I've got a, an attack story if you want. Of a greyhound? Yeah, it's, it's not really a full-grown attack story or anything, but full-blown attack story. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, we when we had uh, when I was younger, we had a dog. Uh, it was German Shepherd. And we took it in to get its shots. And so, and it was at, uh, you know, Walmart, was it, what is it? They have a, a Walmart or a, no, it was a pet, was it PetSmart? You know, where they have, uh, they would do the shots there too. Okay. I guess, so I, yeah, I assume it's a PetSmart then. I'm going to assume it's a PetSmart. So you can go in and it was like for two weeks they were doing shots and they were dirt cheap. It was like, I don't remember, 15, 20 bucks or something like that. So there's a huge line of all of us there. So we're sitting there waiting. One guy had six greyhounds on on leashes. So he's got them in one hand. He just got six, six greyhounds. greyhounds. Yeah. Wow. And so we're all just, everyone's there with their pets. We're waiting forever. Someone brought in like a little yappy dog. And it's just barking the whole time at the greyhounds. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. We're, we were close to the front. We're like, we're almost in. And all of a sudden, you hear that yappy dog. And all of a sudden, you hear, Arr! And then he's like, arr, arr, arr. and it's the owner. It was this guy he grabs, he'd grab the little yappy dog and he's hugging and he runs it straight into the, where they do the shots, runs it straight into the wall. It's going, arr, arr, arr. Oh, God. didn't see any blood or anything, but it's like, okay, whatever. I think the yapping, it sounds like the yapping dog deserved it. I know. Yeah. It was like, cause the, the greyhound just didn't bark enough to, to tell him to shut up. He's right. just like, all right, that's it. Arr. <laughs> anyway, well, but that's, yeah, that was my. Attack story, yeah, really. You call it, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, greyhounds, they are they, they make uh, apparently they make great dogs or great pets, so oh. they're good boys. And if any listeners have a greyhound or or they used to or they knew one, feel free to uh, you know send us a picture of it and uh tell us some information about it. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. I, I like greyhounds now, I think that they're I didn't know much about them, so they're, they're really interesting. I yeah. liked them a lot. Okay. Oh, oh so oh, another thing about greyhounds. Okay. Um, people who like The Simpsons, you may note that their dog on The Simpsons is a greyhound. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, he got it from a, uh, a race. Uh, a racetrack? Yeah, it was a racetrack. And he got Santa's little helper. That was his name. <laughs> <laughs> was that his name? Yeah. So always I was, I was like, man, he's what a scroungy looking dog. I thought they just tried to make it look like a mangy dog that nobody would want, but so The Simpsons would take it in. But I was like, I realized, no, it's. It's a greyhound. That's what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. I, yeah, yeah. Now that you mention that, I can think. I can picture it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, greyhounds are cool. Yeah. All right. So let's move on and let's talk about our next working dog. And uh, we are again going to go over what, a specific breed. And this is a very interesting dog breed with very interesting jobs. Two main jobs, which we will go over. the the gre- The breed goes by several names, including. Caucasian Shepherd, Caucasian Ovcharka, Caucasian Mountain Mountain Dog, Russian Bear Dog, or Russian Prison Dog. This is sounding like a big dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but we're going to call them the Caucasian Shepherd. That's okay. what we'll just do for the rest of the time. And uh, that seems to, yeah, it seems to be the most used name anyway. Uh, so these are serious guard dogs. Oh. Its primary purpose was originally to protect sheep herds against predators like wolves and bears. They are known to be wolf and even bear killers. Wow. That's something. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know how accurate that is, but. No, you know what? I think I start. I think I know what you're talking about now. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a film that had dogs and it was, it, they were Russian people. Was it a black and white? I can't remember. Your black and white video? Yes, yeah. yes. I know yeah. which video you're talking okay. about. Okay, okay. So it is the ones I'm thinking Yeah, about. I mean, in that video, we don't know the... The full outcome? We don't know were... really the context of it, at least from what I saw. Because, like, you saw the big dog, like, killing, a, or it, the wolf was you already see dead. see them all attacking. What? Um, it was already dead. We're thinking of different videos. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I could see him attacking some. They were going crazy. All right. Um, we're going to put it on timeout and see if we can find this video okay. real quick. Okay. So took a pause and we went and found, looked for the video. We did find the one that we were both talking about, but wasn't much yeah. to it, right? It was hard yeah. to tell. They put Somebody put music over it and everything. Yeah. It lost the original narration because it was from a documentary. Yeah, so yeah. it didn't work out. But we did find another quick uh, video where it had a, a Caucasian shepherd facing off with some captive wolves, which is <laughs> they were it was two two wolves and then three wolves at one point, and yeah. they were just having a stare down over a water bull. Let's just say <laughs> the the, ca the Caucasian shepherd beat the three wolves. I mean, they didn't fight that much, but it scared them off. So yeah. that tells you how intimidating these dogs are. Yeah. Well, the, and the wolves are pack, so they're used to it. Mm -hmm. And so you see them go, the, the Caucasian shepherd went after one of them and it immediately submits. Yeah. Immediately. It, it showed its belly. And so the, and the dog left it, left it alone. Yeah. And it, these, this dog is bigger than a wolf. Yeah. By a good amount. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's continue. Um, so this is these Caucasian shepherds. They're an old breed, possibly around a thousand years old, and come from the Caucasus Mountains region in southeastern Russia and Georgia. But there's an, also something that um, when I was researching that I gathered, and I can't say this is a hundred percent accurate or not, but some sources said this. They said that in the Soviet Union, they slightly modified this breed. To make them even more aggressive oh, wow. and with more aggressive like traits, things oh. like that. And I, I, I'm pretty, I want to say it's, that's pretty accurate, but I can't hundred percent confirm that, Okay. but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that that happened and they are a big dog too. They are about uh, 30 plus inches tall and weigh from a hundred to 180 pounds. Wow. That's a big oh, boy. That could be more than me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wow. And, I mean, they can get bigger than that, too. Gee. Or smaller, but, yeah, they can get bigger than that. They can be 200 plus. Oh, my goodness. I'd be showing my belly. <laughs> I would submit right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Do what you want with me. Yeah. <laughs> you want me doggy style? Okay. <laughs> Whatever you want, dog. <laughs> but they, they have a very muscular build and very robust. Um, and their face their face looks very bear-like. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of cool short, looking. Short muzzle. With yeah, a, short muzzle, but lots of fur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks quite bear-like, 
And then they have they have real thick fur that helps them in the cold, in the cold weather. Um, their fur is all blends of color. So you get some black, white, gray, copper. You can be in any mixture of all of these. Okay. So back when uh, they were shepherd dogs, they would guard sheep herds from potential threats and deter any predators that wanted to attack a sheep. And uh, it could, could in, like, include like wolves, bears, humans. Um, this makes them very independent. They're very intelligent and they're fearless and very loyal to their owner. Mm. Uh, think that they would think like this, that they would be out there guarding the sheep and, you know, you have a shepherd uh-huh. and the, the, that's the, that's their boss is the shepherd is their boss. So they only follow that one person around yeah. for most of their lives. So they're not really introduced to many other people. Yeah. So that, that but they're also really good, um, guard dogs and they are very territorial and can be aggressive to strangers and intruders. So a very good breed to watch over and protect sheep. But you want to know what else they're good at? What's that? Keeping prisoners in line. <laughs> as you can imagine. Wow. So Russia is famous for having some of the most dangerous and violent prisons in the world. Some of these prisons are for literally the worst of the worst types of people. Oh. And I've watched shows all about some of their prisons, and it's not a place you want to be. It's bad. Mm -hmm. So the dogs are used at the prisons to keep prisoners in line. And as a prisoner, you would not want to cause any trouble while one of these dogs is around. For sure. And you can tell just from the the quick videos that we watched that, yeah, Mm -hmm. you don't want to cause any trouble. Think of like, you know, like um, a canine dog, like a German Shepherd. Uh-huh. Uh, you've, you've seen them training and attacking people on like those padded suits. Yeah. And they can easily take a person down. Uh-huh. Now, with one of these dogs, they do that, but then add 80 plus pounds to that dog. Wow. And you have a giant dog taking you down with uh, these Caucasian Shepherds. It's I, wow. There are some videos of them doing that with people, and it's just huge dog just taking them down. Wow. Um, or, or if you escape, say if you escaped a prison, you do not want one of these dogs hunting you down. <laughs> uh, they are, they are trained to be very aggressive towards these prisoners, like purposely trained to be very aggressive. Oh, okay. I, I imagine they were used like back in the gulag days too, in the Soviet oh, union to yeah. keep people in line there, which yeah. would not be a good thing, but yeah. I'm sure that they were used there. So if you wanted to have one of these dogs, uh, they could be good if, like you say, you live in like a farm and you need work and watch dogs. Mm-hmm. You, they could work for you there. But they are very difficult to train and tend to be aggressive towards strangers. And they need a lot of room to move around. So uh, definitely not a how- good house dog. Oh, yeah. With proper training, they can be a very good uh, guard dog and loyal companion. And, but you would really, really need to socialize them early to um, other people to hinder their aggressiveness towards strangers. Like even with children, like in children's oh, okay. friends. So you would really need to properly train them. This is not for novice dog owners. Okay. So this is for a grumpy owner who doesn't want any guests over. <laughs> this is for that old guy who doesn't want any kids on his lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it's for. pretty sure they'd be too terrified al- to do it. They'd get along. It'd be like two peas in a pod. 
But, like, uh, uh, get these kids off. <laughs> hey, get off, he said so. Oh, I like this dog. He's, he's as grubby as I am. <laughs> well, it's, uh, they're a very interesting breed, and they're becoming more popular in the, in the U.S. Oh, as yeah. of recent years. There's there's still not a ton of them around, but they're, they're becoming a little bit more popular. And There's been a couple, I want to say in Texas, I was I can't remember if it was Texas or not, but they were um, they had like a little area where they this guy would per, um, only train these types of dogs. Okay, so there is an industry for them, but um, you, you really got to be you know what you're doing to have one of these dogs. Okay, I mean they're super good looking dogs, but uh, yeah, you definitely got to know what you're doing. Um, very interesting and cool breed though, huh? Yeah. I uh, would not want to be in prison with one of these dogs no. at all. No. Uh, but they are, they can definitely be good boys if you. <laughs> if you oh, wear a Russian uniform. <laughs> <laughs> wear a Russian uniform, not a prison uniform, yes. <laughs> and they, but yeah, they are able, one of, part of their training is that they were able to differentiate prisoners towards officers. Okay. So they're, they're very smart too. Yeah. But yeah, they, they can be good boys. You better stay on their good side though. Oh, yeah. All right. So I did just mention uh, German Shepherds and police dogs. So why don't we talk about them? Yeah. Police dogs could honestly be a whole episode on its own sometime. You could We could def- easily fill an episode with just that. So we're not going to do a, a huge, great deep dive into them, but we'll talk about a few things. So police dogs or canine unit dogs, uh, the name canine, you know where that comes from? No. It's literally just a pun. A pun or a play on words, whatever oh, you want really? to call it. Yeah, that's all. It, canine is from the word canine. That's that was. It's that simple. Huh? <laughs> you act surprised. I don't know. Are you surprised or not? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. It means it didn't come from anything, really. No, it's just like that works. Oh. <laughs> so a police dog or canine is a dog that is specifically trained to assist police and other law enforcement personnel. Some duties include sniffing for drugs, sniffing for explosives, locating missing people, finding crime scene evidence, uh, and then you have the ones that are uh, that will attack people targeted by the police. So okay. they have, just like with police, they human police, they have a large array of different jobs that they could do. Okay. And some breeds specialize in other things, while some do other. You get what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and there are several different dog breeds used for various purposes. The most common ones are German Shepherds, Dutch Shepherds, Bloodhounds, and Retriever breeds. But recently, the uh, Belgium Malinois has become the dog of choice for most police and military work. Oh, okay. Uh, Malinois are uh, now favored over the German Shepherds due to their intense drive and focus, and they're a little bit smaller than German oh. Shepherds, making them a little more agile, and they have fewer health problems than German Shepherds. Oh, okay. However, a well-bred German Shepherd could be just as successful as a Malinois. Yeah. I'm saying that right, aren't I? Malinois? Mal- I think so. Yeah, I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... So police dogs actually go all the way back to ancient civilizations, such as the Greeks, Persians, Assyrians, and Babylonians all use police dogs to some degree. And they mostly come around in modern times in the early 1900s. The uh, NYPD first used police dogs in 1907. They were uh, called Paw Patrol. 
Nice. No, I'm just kidding. They weren't called Paw Patrol. Oh. <laughs> That's a children's TV show. <laughs> they were called uh, Patrol Squad One. Okay. <laughs> um, police dogs are extremely useful to law enforcement, and are the dogs are treated like actual police officers, and they can do many many things that humans just can't. And like, say, if you were to kill a police dog, that's almost like killing a police officer. Yeah. So you'll you'll be in that, huge trouble. Yeah, because there are uh, they're considered uh, a unit. Uh, mm-hmm. How do I say it? They are whatever it is. Like when they're used in the army, they're considered a soldier. Yeah. So yeah, oh, you're if right. you if you do something like that, it's an it's act almost of, the same of, thing. of an official. Yeah. yeah. So training a police dog is a lengthy process. So first, the human police officer, they themselves must undergo a lot of training to become a canine handler. Normally, they must do about two years of patrol before becoming even eligible. Oh, okay. And as a young puppy, the dogs, they begin their specialized training to whatever their job will intake. The personality of the puppy is a big factor when choosing a proper police dog. Police dogs must be alert, calm, obedient, and intelligent. They cannot they cannot be shy or anxious um, because those traits could cause behavior problems, possibly making them not up to the job or even make them dangerous. Yeah. Uh, once a puppy is chosen, they do obedience training and social socialization. This is crucial, and the puppy must learn to sit, stay, and go down on command. Uh, at each step of canine dog training, the puppy will be evaluated to see if it has passed the test in order to move on to the next level. Okay. Oh, and police dogs can be male or female. So, uh, equal rights for those bitches. <laughs> I had to throw it in there somewhere, right? Yeah. I didn't do it last time, so I had to throw that in there. <laughs> he used it correctly. I, I did. I really did. <laughs> like in the, on the Wikipedia site, and uh-huh. it goes over the, um, on the scale part of it, when it goes over the dogs, it says males, and then they're this big, and then it says bitches, and then they're this big. So, oh. it is it is the proper term. Yeah. Got to use it in there somewhere. <laughs> but um, full training includes a wide variety of tests in numerous different situations. Uh, the dogs must be able to perform under stress in loud, chaotic environments and sometimes with minimum guidance. And their training involves simulations that are done over and over again to help them learn. And as with um, any dog training, the training sessions for canines are made to be as fun as possible, too. Um, fun, stimulating training keeps the dog from losing interest or getting burnt out. Okay. S- same kind of training like for me. If you're going to train me, I need it to be fun. Uh, and they are... Uh, they use the reward system for the dogs, uh, like performing a task. You give them a treat. I mean, that's dog training 101. Or human or, training. Or mat training. <laughs> Just need a treat. Uh, but it, it takes several months for a dog to be properly trained and to be partnered with their human handler. And it's very important that the dogs form a bond with their handler. They got to get along. Yeah. 
Uh, and the dogs generally live with their handler and spend like seven days a week with, with each other. They're, they are companions now. You are stuck with each other. It is a full-time partnership, and training never stops. Even when they're on patrol, they are still constantly... you still got to constantly train the dogs in new situations all the time. So oftentimes, police departments purchased already trained dogs. And a lot of these actually come from Europe. Oh. And these dogs were already trained in a different language. Oh. And if, if this is the case, then the handler... The new handler here would have to learn the commands of that language. Oh, okay. Um, it's easier to train a person a few words than it is to train a dog an entire different... Uh, <laughs> yeah. To retrain the dog, you know, different languages. Yeah. But there's a common uh, kind of a myth that um, the reason why you use um, a different language to command dogs mm-hmm. is so that somebody else couldn't command them. Oh, okay. Which makes sense, but... It's mostly because they've already been purchased and they've already learned it that way. Okay. But, I mean, you're probably not going to have a um, burglar and be like... Uh, t- trying to tell the dog to sit and actually sit for him. <laughs> yeah, so. you know, because if you've ever tried that, you would know better, I guess, you know, because <laughs> if you got two people, one's the owner, the other one's a stranger, yeah. and they both say sit, they're going to listen. They're going to listen to their owner. Yeah. Unless you got a or, huge slab of meat. Or you come here. No, no, no. Come here. Who are they going to go for? Their owner. Yeah. Unless you got a big slab of meat or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Unless there's a treat. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, working career for a police dog is around five to eight years-ish. Okay. And once retired, it's very common for the handler to keep the dog. That's their dog now. Uh, but yeah, that is some basic info on how they are trained. Obviously, there's so much more to it than what we're talking oh, yeah. about. But I also do want to go over a few skills and information about what police dogs can do here. Okay. Uh, think of it's kind of like a bullet point format. Think of it that way. Okay. So a dog's sense of smell is at least ten thousand times more acute than a human's. Right. Oh, yeah. In simple terms, ten thousand times. More acute means that they can smell things we simply cannot. (laughs) For example, if we were given a cup of coffee, we might be able to smell a teaspoon of sugar in it. If you're a good smeller, you might be able to get that, right? Now, a dog could smell a teaspoon of sugar in a million gallons of water. Oh, my goodness. Just to give you an example to how much better they are at smelling than us. Gee. (laughs) Hmm. This lake has a little bit of sugar in it. (laughs) (laughs) This portion of the water. I don't know why they're talking British, but... This ocean has salt in it. Well, I could have told you that. But (laughs) Uh, Yeah, super interesting and fascinating. And then uh, dogs also... I can't remember if I mentioned this last time. Dogs also have better hearing than us, too. Okay. Because if you ever have a dog in your house, right, and it just starts barking at nothing, uh-huh. it probably hears something that we don't. Yeah. Well, true. And they got, you know, the dog whistle. No, well, the dog they whistle. The so, yeah, they can. hear that. They can hear better than us. Yeah, that's a good point yeah. right there. And, okay, here's another one. Uh, a police dog can smell a human buried up to 12 feet underground. Wow. So in 2017... Dogs detected the remains of an Irish railway worker who died in 1836. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, hire that to be. Mm-hmm. Why don't paleontologists use these then? Yeah, teach us sniff dinosaur bones, yeah. right? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Gee. 
All right, so uh, canine dogs can search an area four times faster than humans and with a much higher accuracy. Makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, when canines find an object, they alert their handlers in a different in different ways. So like a drug-sniffing dog, when they sniff a drug, it will paw at where it, it smells at it to, okay. to alert their human that, that this is where it's at, where the drugs are. Now, say like a bomb-sniffing dog will... Much more subtle, and it will like lay down and kind of point oh, okay. at it because you don't want to be scraping at a bomb. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so there's different. It depends on what their job is. They do different. They've learned different things. Okay. And uh, canine canine dogs keep billions of drugs off the street. In 2014, a canine unit sniffed out a drug laboratory that contained 10 billion worth of heroin. Wow. Ten billion. Jeez. One of the uh, largest drug busts ever. Wow. Was it buried 12 feet underground? <laughs> I, I could have been. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and they have even been trained to sniff out electronics, like hard drives, thumb drives. and What uh, kind of a smell do they have? It's amazing. It's crazy. But yeah, they have dogs that can sniff out hard drives, thumb drives, and other technology to find like illegal data. That's crazy. Have you ever heard a person say, hmm... Smells like a thumb drive. <laughs> no, I've never <laughs> noticed that. Oh, I didn't know crazy. they had a smell to them. I know. But in, in one instance, a canine was able to sniff out a thumb drive hidden four layers deep inside of a tin box in a metal cabinet. Wow. So that's... Oh, my goodness. That's impressive, right? Yeah. So, uh, Maybe he just cheated and knew where they buried it. <laughs> he was peeking the whole time. I don't know. That's crazy to think they yeah, could do that. It's amazing. And like I said, we are barely scratching the surface with police dogs here. Is that a pun or no? No. Oh, okay. Um, no. No. Doo-doo. <laughs> or what did you... Yeah. Part doo-doo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the best one. I don't know why I think that one's funny. But anyway, uh, I do think a, uh, maybe we could do a full episode on this and go a deep, a deeper dive sometime. So I'll neat. put it on the books. So um, dig a little deeper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> so yeah, it's, I'll add it to the books, and so it could be another possible episode sometime. So okay. was that the second time I've mentioned that? That's two shots. If you still play the the Force of Nature drinking game, where every time I say we're going to cover that, you got to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you would get you'd be, you'd be buzzed almost every episode I yeah think, for sure but uh yeah and i didn't thought about maybe we could find like a canine officer to have on oh that'd be awesome wouldn't that be good yeah and he could bring his dog yeah i gotta not bring my drugs but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but i would i would say police dogs they're good boys oh yeah yeah uh, all right, so Dave, I believe you have something for us too, right? Yeah, yeah. So why don't you hit us with that? So I'm going back to the guardian dogs. Okay. Um, this is just more covering a, not a certain dog, but it'll kind of cover livestock dogs, livestock guard dogs. Okay, so kind of like farms. the we're talking about with the um, Caucasian shepherds. Yeah, yeah. So some of the more common ones are the most common one most people will know of is the. Uh, um, why, why am I drawing a blank now? The Great Pyrenees. Okay. Um, that's kind of the most common. People even have them as pets now because they they really are gentle. But they were, they're a guard dog, a livestock guard dog. Mm-hmm. Um, they used them, you know, in Europe to uh, guard cattle while they roamed the, the mountainsides mm-hmm. feeding, you know. 
So, you know, sheep, cattle, whatever it was. Whatever it is. Um, there's also an akbosh. We actually had an akbosh for akbosh. a short period a fun, of time. That's a fun word. Yeah, it an akbosh. is. Akbosh. Yeah, they're from Turkey. And they okay. were, they're big. They're big dog. In fact, they get, uh, well, I don't have the, that one, but there's also a uh, kangal. Oh, uh, funny that you mentioned that. Okay, sorry, continue. Oh, yeah, a kangal dog. They, they're also from Turkey as well. They're mm-hmm. a big dog. They get to 120 to 150 pounds. Big dog. Um, not Funny that you mention the, it because yeah. I, I mentioned them again. Oh, do you? In, okay. this, in my next part. But oh, yeah, awesome. Keep, yeah, I won't cover them too much, but just kind of what the general sense of what guard dogs do. Great Pyrenees, for reference, uh, males will get to 110, 100, 130 pounds. Uh, females are 90 to 115, a little bit smaller. So yeah, the Kangles are bigger. Um, interesting and Interestingly enough, these are kind of the three main... I know there's something else called a marmies or something like that. I can't remember very well, but they're kind of the main dogs you use for livestock guarding. And it's interesting because um, the, if you think about it, there's so many different uh, animals that are used on a farm for mm-hmm. different purposes. They have a herd dog, yeah. which you I could talk a little bit about those too, yeah. but they have a herd dog, but they're different. Uh, the herd dogs herd the dogs. They don't or, guard they them. Herd, they herd the livestock. Oh yeah! What, oh, did I say dogs? Yeah, <laughs> the herd dogs heard the dog. No, sorry, you're right. Yeah, they heard the animals, and the um, the guard dogs will just guard they, them. They don't do both. Mm. I mean, they kind of could, but they really don't. They you'll have if you've got you know if you're a farmer with say a hundred sheep or a hundred cattle, you're gonna have you're gonna have both. Okay. You don't have one or the other usually you have them both okay in fact most of them would rather have guard dogs because farming is rural it's out you're close to the wild the edges of the wild mm-hmm. so you need that stuff um i i kind of looked up the the what you how many you'd want to have and the rule of thumb is to have at least one dog per every 50 to 100 um livestock or cattle or oh, yeah. sheep whatever you've got one it's guard dog one guard dog okay. to every 50 to 100 animals that's except you never really want just one, you, one dog. So if you even if you only have fifty, you're going to want two. They they don't because what they do one usually isn't enough. They they ha- it's crazy how they really work as, as a, a group team, and team yeah. together. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, it's interesting because like the big ones, three hundred to five hundred, whatever it is. If you're using sheep, cattle, whatever it is, let's say sheep because that's usually. Something predators can go after more easily. So, and you'll want a team of dogs. You know, you could have like five to eight uh, um, guard dogs. And then you have your herd dogs separately. But it, um, guard dogs, they usually sit down and they're just lazy during the day. Like, mm-hmm. you'll see them like, gosh, what an easy job. <laughs> you know, it's like, because they're just lounging. They're just sitting there. And they'll, they'll go in amongst the, the, the livestock, the cat, whatever it is. It's no big deal, but they just sit in the lounge. But they're active at night because that's when predators are. Yeah, yeah. So that's when they start roaming around. They're attentive. They're on alert, making sure nothing. They're like gets doing in. constant perimeter checks. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because when they, as they have their team, uh, that's what's kind of neat about it. When they have, when they work as a team, they each do their own thing. It's almost like, it's almost like a little military thing. Yeah. They'll have because they each have their own duties that they do, and they'll. They'll exchange the duties. It's crazy. No pun intended. <laughs> but but no, they really do. It's crazy. Another another neat thing is that once someone has their farm set and they've got their guard dogs, let's say, you know, some of them are starting to get older, 
they'll introduce a new one, a puppy. Well, they don't, the person doing it, some people have different uh, approaches and they say, no, they need to be trained. But for the most part, most of them are like, no, I don't have to do anything. They just throw it. Once it's old enough, grown enough, mm-hmm. a little bit as a as a puppy, they put it and introduce it to the to the guard dogs. Oh, and the, those guard dogs show it around and basically train it. Yeah, it then yeah, will become cool. part of the team. Of course, lower they'll teach them who's alpha. Yeah, and they're like, you better listen, do what we do, mm-hmm. you know. And then it will follow them and and it just learns from them. That's fascinating. The human doesn't, the human have, doesn't to do have to train. Yeah. The only thing and and but. And think about it this way, because there are some things that the humans need to do. The humans need to be able to say, hey, like tell them, right. hey, something's up, or go here, or be able to get their attention or say, stop, if they're going after something they shouldn't. So, But but they've already trained, let's say they, if they've already got their farm established and they already have their dogs, those dogs are already trained to do that. Mm-hmm. They'll teach the other one too. Wow. So like if the other dog starts hustling with some of the livestock or something, they'll say, no, they'll teach it to stop. Or, the, or if it's barking at a, a someone... When it shouldn't be that that's there, like a kid or someone that mm-hmm. they know, they'll they'll make it stop. They're like, no, you know what? I, and that's fascinating. It. Yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, but they'll. I, I saw one where they had because um, it's it's neat. I, I most of them you'd see farms like Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. That's where you have the big predators. You know, yeah, you got the, the wolves the and the bears, bears and the wolves. Yeah, so they'll have. Um, uh, they had they had the one I was looking at had Akbosh and Pyrenees together, because honestly the, when you mix them they all have different strengths. A Pyrenees is a big dog, and they'll do its job, but they're also um, a calmer breed. Mm-hmm. They don't bark as much. They'll sit there and they only go if something's got their attention to do it. Um, uh, where and the the you know you got the Akbosh and they're kind of in the middle ground of what the Kangal would be, which okay. I think you're going to talk about. They can be bit. very aggressive. I'm only going to mention them a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. So if you have any other information. Yeah, they, they're they're a little, they're more aggressive. They'll, they're like, you better get your butt off. They're a bigger dog too, mm-hmm. you know. So um, that's why most of them have the Great Pyrenees because they're calmer. Because most most people, even though we're farming and everything, there's still a, a community around. So they don't want them being aggressive to other people. And usually, so the Great Pyrenees seems to be more friendly to people, even ones that aren't there. It, again, that's based on training, but its instinct is yeah they're yeah, they more friendlier different. with people. Whereas the Kangal, they'll guard from anything, even mm-hmm. even other people. Like, hey, get away! You're not a, you're not supposed to be in here. You I wonder know? where the uh, Caucasian Shepherd fits in on that. I'm sure they're pretty. They're aggressive. not as widely used as these ones that you're talking oh. about, which is why they're not on a list. But those Caucasian Shepherds, oh. they might be the most aggressive. I don't know. I, I would think so. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they're not used so much here Probably. because they're so big, and then the liability, you know. But <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, they had um, they had a farm that had a mixture of the Great Pyrenees and the Kangals, and uh, they kind of showed them in action at one point. They'll, they, you know, they, they have certain dogs that'll just sit and they, they'll sit the perimeter for the animals and other ones will patrol. Well, something happened. I think wolves or coyotes, something got close and all of a sudden one barks, woof, and, and uh, they alerted. They all stand up, two dogs dash out, whoosh, and they go towards the threat. The other ones, boom, tighten the circle. Oh, and then so they cool. just sit there and they'll bark, 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 you know, like, like you're communicating. And the other ones go... And and it would depend on the threat. They could call other dogs to go too. Oh, cool! It will depend, but they'll go out and they'll they'll either 
most of what they're trying to do is just keep the threat deter. Off. Yeah, deter is their main job. Yeah, if if they're if it becomes something they're like, okay, we got to take care of this, then they will, and that's usually when more of them will come out. But they always, it's never like, it's interesting because they won't, you know, when you have that whole team, they won't all go out. It's they know what they do. Some of them stay to watch, and then other ones go out to take care of the threat. And then when they come back, they're okay. Um, the farmers will talk about, and they're like, yeah, because normally they'll come around the same kind of prey. Like they know the coyote that's going to always come around. They know if there's a wolf pack around, they know that that's mm-hmm. what they're facing and they know which ones they are. If there's a moose that comes around a lot, they'll know. Yeah. They, they know that stuff. And all they try to do is just keep them out. They're like, hey, you just can't come in here. So they'll 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 mark their territory, you mm-hmm. know, and say no, but nothing else comes in here. This is, this is for us. And that's even just for... Um, inside of a, you know, your, your farm that's gate or your, or fenced, mm-hmm. even when they go out grazing, when the herd, the herd dogs will go out too, um, they have the guard dogs that they'll will go out with them and they'll keep the perimeter. And sometimes they'll walk in with them, you know, they're just keeping everything else away. There's cause they'll free range and BLM land and everything. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. If an interesting thing about herd dogs is that they're actually, um, they're descended from wolves and they're predatory and they look like that because it helps them to herd the way that they do it because they, they make themselves look menacing. Like they're a predator and that of course, every it's like, it scares you the move towards them. Yeah, yeah. They'll just go the opposite way. And that's how they do it. They know which angles to use. They get trained. You know, the humans will train them and they'll, they'll, they'll teach them just by a certain whistle. I want them this way. I want them this way. And it's it's amazing to watch because the dogs are are good at it. They'll wow. just sit down, they'll crouch down like a wolf would about to pounce, and that keeps that keeps them at bay. And they'll, they'll usually just stay right there. That means they're where they should be, and so they're watching the dog and just sitting there. They won't want to move, and so but if they ever need them herded somewhere else, then he just tells them. And right when they get up and go, then then they'll, they'll all start moving. That's cool. And if one darts off to the side, that's the one they they're fast enough. They just rush. And get in front of it, mm-hmm. and it goes right back to the other ones. They don't go, they don't run straight to that one because it pushes it further out. Right. I know. No, you get in the front and push it in. It's Man, they're smart. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's neat. I'd like stuff. to see that in action. Oh, it's neat. You see, you see videos, they have, uh, um, uh, what, what, uh, uh, what would you call it? Competitions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll have herding, sheep herding competitions. They just yeah. get one dog. And they have to herd. Usually, I think it was like six to ten sheep, something like that. And they're like they have they have to herd them this place, then this place. You know, like kind of like an obstacle course thing, and then pen them into here. Huh. And if they could, whoever does it the fastest or or most efficient without roughing up roughing them up is good. Which is another thing they look for. They don't want dogs right. that are going to rough up their their livestock. They just want them herded. You know, that's really cool, fascinating yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's for, another side note is that. Uh, Pomeranians um, are actually good at herding chickens. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have thought of that? I was like, "What?" It's like a toy dog. It's like you, everyone labels them as a toy dog now. <laughs> it's, it's like toy dog. it's it's useless. But no, they they have a in, an instinct to herd too. Wow! And they herd and because they're so small, they they can herd chickens. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, Dave, that was a great job. Oh, thanks. That yeah. was really interesting. I'm I kind of want to watch some of these sheep. Or these uh, herding herd dogs to do work and I'll see oh, how they I'll send work. You some stuff. They're pretty neat. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you covered that. We can learn a whole lot more about it. So thank you. That was yeah. good. Um, I've got one more thing for us. 
our, our last working dog. And it is a very interesting, or wait, Dave, sorry, before I get into it, would you say that those dogs are good boys? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're good boys, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our last one. Um, they are, these ones are also definitely good boys, too. But let's talk about service dogs or assistance dogs. Okay. Now, normally, uh, what service dogs mean, what that means really is, um, it means basically it is a dog trained to aid or assist an individual with a disability. There's all kinds of them, um, service dogs for blind people, mm-hmm. deaf people, you name it. There's probably one for it. Even PTSD. PTSD, yeah. yeah. Um, for anxiety, people who have anxiety attacks, people who have um, seizures. Oh, okay. Dogs are, are able to alert people when they're going to have oh, a seizure. Okay. It's amazing. So they probably smell it, you know, <laughs> smell it, hear it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do, but they yeah. do it. But, um, I'm actually not going to be talking about dogs that assist humans. Oh, specifically, I want to talk about dogs that assist cheetahs. Oh, a lot of cheetah talk in this episode. huh? <laughs> but yeah, it sounds weird, right? Yeah. Uh, dogs and cats. They're not supposed to get along. Yeah. But, um, well, cheetahs are known to be very shy, very timid, and full of anxiety. Um, It naturally makes sense uh, that they are this way. In the wild, they kind of have to be. The the life of a wild cheetah is not an easy one, by any means. Everything is out there to get them. Uh, And they're they're not built to fight. They're built for flight. Okay. Makes sense, and and they can't they, they they can't fight off a lion or a hyena or a leopard or anything, so they they always need to be on alert. Okay. Right. Yeah. And that's where the dogs come in to help. So in captivity, it is very common to see cheetahs have a dog companion, basically a service friend. Okay. And the reason for this pairing is to help the cheetahs to make them more at ease in their captive environment. Uh, and help combat stress and anxiety that they would normally have in the wild. Okay. And the dogs are a calming influence for them, very much like how service dogs are used for humans. Oh, okay. Kind of, you, I guess you can say similar to like an anxi- somebody with high ang- an anxiety attack person. Uh-huh. Dogs are there to, for comfort, to oh, help okay. them through that. And the dogs also help with teaching social cues to the cheetahs. The cheetahs follow the dog's social cues oh. and kind of learn from the dog oh. on how to and wh- how to act. Not necessarily how to act, but how to you know just be more like a dog. Or you, you, get, <laughs> you get what I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this cheetah dog relationship has been going on since the '80s, and has proven to be very successful. Huh. Cheetahs are becoming more endangered, so it's very important to have a healthy captive population. And it, it really helps with their mental health, their physical health, their just their well-being in general to have these dogs to help them. Okay. And how it works is cheetahs are paired with uh, their canine companion around four weeks old-ish. And they are normally paired with a puppy around the same age. Sometimes it's an older dog, but... Oh. For this, we'll say it's, it's a puppy around their same age most of the time. And the trainers will make, like, um, kind of introduce them between fences. 
Oh, just okay. so they can like sniff each other, see it, make sure the cheetah is comfortable enough to go around it. Uh-huh. And then after, if that works, then they'll start making like play dates for them. Nice. And they'll hang out and they'll take them off the leashes. Okay. And it's it's a kind of a slow process to get the cheetahs acclimated to the puppy. Mm-hmm. But if all goes well, they form a bond and they'll begin playing with each other and everything. And it's super cute to watch. Oh, it's so is. adorable to watch a cheetah cub play with puppies. Oh, it's so cute. Nice. And there, there's bunches of videos, I, so I encourage people to check them out. It's really cool. And cheetah cubs are adorable. They have oh, yeah. these um, really long, this this long hair patch from their head to their tail on their backs, oh. and it makes them look like they have little mohawks. Oh, nice! It's really cool. They're so cute, and, and they will um, continue if their relationship works and they're bonding together. They will live together. Oh, that's good. And be together, be each other's best friends. They're best nice. buds now, and they're they're with sometimes they're with each other twenty four seven. Nice. And um, the dog breeds used are most often Labradors. Same goes for like with human service dogs. A good portion of them are Labradors. Mm-hmm. Uh, labs are just so friendly and playful. And it, it just makes total sense that they would be used. They're, they might be the best dogs. No. The best boys. <laughs> but um, other dog breeds can definitely be used. But it seems like the most common ones are Labs. Okay. And it's interesting that the dog... It's interesting because the dog is always the dominant one in the relationship. Oh, wow. Even though the cheetahs are normally bigger, Uh but the dogs are the dominant one. Cheetahs are very submissive. Okay. So they will um, follow along with what the dog is doing. So the dog is the dominant one, but they they, they always seem to, for everything I watch, they have good relationships. But yeah, the dog is the dominant one in there. And... Like I said, the cheetahs will take their cues from the dogs, and it helps them with their stress and anxiety. And it's it's really it's cool to watch. I encourage everybody to watch these videos. But uh, it it just goes maybe cats and dogs really can get along. Yeah, as long as it's a big <laughs> cat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've 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 uh, really noticed that cheetahs they are kind of dog like themselves. Can huh. you hear me out? More than any other big cat, they have they are built more like a dog than a cat. If you think about it, okay, like we were talking about with greyhounds, they're built like a greyhound. Yeah, and um, their claws aren't retractable like all the other cats. Huh? They have uh, semi-retractable claws, so they that also is, uh, makes them not good at climbing. You know, oh, cats okay. are notorious for climbing, but cheetahs are not. They're oh. one of they're the only cat that I can think of that's not a, a great climber, and their front paws are different. Oh, they're not um, as cat-like. They're much more dog-like. You know how cats can use their paws to like almost pick things up, essentially, right? Okay, yeah. It's less like that for cheetahs. Huh. So they're, I, they're it's very interesting because I really think that they're built a lot more similar to a dog than a cat. Interesting. So maybe there's something there. Maybe it was a mixture at one point in time, and cat dog, and I don't yeah, know. Cat dog, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I thought about that. I was like, God, they really are more a lot of dog like in them. It's it, it was interesting to think huh. about. But another thing to add is that dogs actually help cheetahs in the wild too, in a manner you wouldn't really expect. It's not like they have service dogs for wild cheetahs or anything like that. But in Namibia, um, it is a country in southern Africa, 
in Namibia, one of the few, which is one of the few strongholds for the endangered cheetahs. Cheetahs are very endangered, but they uh, sometimes cheetahs will sometimes prey on livestock on farms. Oh, um, uh, and then a dead animal can be a big financial loss for a farmer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and many will retaliate to kill the cheetah so it doesn't do it again. And that's been a big problem. Oh. It's kind of like a tale as old as time with predators and farmers, right? Yeah. That's why you just got done talking about why they have herd dogs. Yeah. So back in the 90s, a partial solution came from the Cheetah Conservation Fund. Um, and so now local farmers are using an unusual conservation tool. They've brought in specially bred dogs that are now raised with the livestock to protect them. Okay. And by protecting the livestock, they're protecting the cheetahs. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, like we talked about, they don't try to go out and kill them. The t- they're deterrent. just keeping them away. Deterrent. Yeah. And these dogs, yeah, scare away cheetahs so they don't attack the livestock. A good tie-in that we just had. Yeah. It was totally coincidental, huh? Yeah. But the, the dogs they use are they're called Anatolian Shepherds, or what's the name you used? The the co- Kangle. Kangle, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're the same yeah. thing. Yeah, Anatolian Shepherd is the same as a Kangle, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I actually had that written down, too. <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, they're a large dog breed originally from Turkey and specialize in guarding livestock, like you, you, yeah. you just mentioned. Um, how big did you say they would get? Uh, let's see. Oh, actually, they- I got it. It's like around 130. Okay, yeah, I got 120 to 150. Yeah, so yeah. that's about right. Yeah. And they're an intimidating dog with a loud bark, and that will scare the cheetahs away. Yeah. They have kind of a curled-up tail, if I remember right. Do they? I can't recall. Yeah. but um, It's furry, a furry tail, too. Maybe it helps to make them look bigger, too. Maybe. Have you seen some of them that have the spikes? They put a spike collar on them? No. Oh, they're like... Some of them are like two or three inch uh, spikes, but yeah, they put them around their necks if they're if they're in an area with big predators like coyotes or bears, because you know they'll go for the dog's mm. neck, and that protects oh, their neck. That's a smart idea. Yeah, that makes them a lot more effective. Because I mean, they're already vicious. Yeah. But now they, but when they realize when the animal that's a realizes defense they mechanism. can't get their neck, they're just gonna. All right, this is. Well, once they go. try to and they break their tooth on it, or yeah. they bite yeah. down on a spike, yeah, that's gonna. That's a great idea. Yeah. Wow. So simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so simple. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, these dogs have um, helped the helped reduce cheetah killings by over 80% since the 90s. Oh, wow. So isn't that great? Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, they help cheetahs as much as the service dogs, just in a different manner. Uh, you're not, like I said, you're not going to find them cuddling up with a cheetah, but they're still good boys for helping them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a simple solution that helps cheetahs and other people. Oh, dogs are great. They are. Oh, we, I love doggies. <laughs> yeah. I and I used to hate when people would talk to talk to dogs like they're children. Like, hey, dude, how are you? <laughs> and now I I totally do it all the time. <laughs> just gone into it, and so I do it too. <laughs> do you do that at all? Oh yeah. 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 How are you? Roxy sometimes. Yeah. You don't know what I'm saying, but you're so cute. <laughs> Tail wags even faster. It's like, oh, it does it know. It does love me. <laughs> but yeah, we, and then uh, we will also do a solo cheetah episode sometime. We seem to mention them quite a bit yeah. today. And we, we have one on the, I mean, we got show. one on the freaking show, so I'm sure the professor 
I'm sure the professor will enjoy it when we cover them. Uh, also, uh, these dogs help them help cure their uh, truffle uh, instincts. And... <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> but um, on that note, Dave, we are going to wrap up the episode there. Oh. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed and learned some new things about men's best friend. I know I certainly did. Yeah. And uh, there's there's so many other dogs and dogs with jobs that we didn't get to cover. Yeah, so many like breeds. So much, yeah. I mean, this could be a its own podcast. Is dogs with jobs? <laughs> That's if, true. Yeah. If anybody wants to start that podcast, dogs with jobs. You there can, you go. There you go. That's a freebie. Nice title too. Yeah. That's a that's for free. <laughs> And you just talk about different dog breeds. And I actually had an idea to um, sprinkle. I was thinking we could maybe sprinkle in some bonus episodes more frequently. Oh, okay. And we could do I'll talk, go over about different some different dog breeds, like a fifteen minute episode. Talk okay. about a different dog breed. Um, so don't be surprised if we do that soon. If we did it, I want to first do. Uh, why is a pug? Uh, like, why is a pug? Why, why is a pug? Period. Is a pug? Why is it? <laughs> what is yeah. it? Why is it? I want to learn more. I, I I already looked up a little bit, but uh, we'll probably do a little bonus on pugs. That'd be neat. Yeah. I just there's it was they're just like why is that a dog? I'm like, <laughs> but I I found out a little bit. So. They're they're cute. It's the same like a bulldog. They're just so ugly. They're cute. They're so know? ugly that they're cute. Like my yeah. my brother's had a, oh yeah a pet pug she that recently good... passed away yeah. from unknown reasons. I still don't get it. It was sad. Yeah. She died at the vet. But um, yeah. her name was Lola, and yeah. she was a good girl. Oh, she was. Uh, she was a really good girl. I miss her. Our girls made that when they were really little. They made uh-huh. a little video um, with with Roxy and Lola together, and they were doing. They loved Indiana Jones at the time, so they were doing Roxy Rocket Boom. <laughs> Puggyanna Puggy Jones. Jones. Puggyanna Jones with Roxy Rocket Boom. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. Puggyanna Jones with Roxy Rocket Boom. That, that was, was that was such a great name. They made like a little poster trailer or poster oh, for cute. it. Yeah. yeah, that was cute. Reenacted stuff in the backyard with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. But yeah, I, I kind of want to do that. Maybe we'll sprinkle some uh, mini episodes, bonus episodes, yeah. in about different Let's dog do breeds. It. All right, and so for the next episode, we are going to be doing our 14th edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. Oh, okay. Always some of our favorite episodes to cover. And uh, I know of a bunch of good stories that already, um, and we we haven't, I feel like we haven't covered attacks in a while. Yeah. So I think it's about time we cover some death and destruction again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. let's do it. I like it. I like it deathy. Uh, uh, yeah, all this learning lately. <laughs> Come on, let's, <laughs> let's get to some death. <laughs> Sounds like a metal band. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do also um, want to cover the Iditarod, though, soon oh, as well. Oh, yeah. So we'll cover I'm going to wait for it to happen. I'm going to try <laughs> to follow along with it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll try to follow along with it and so I can keep track of it so I know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, we, we will cover the Iditarod. Near the end of March or April. Um, and then we are almost up to our 100th episode, Dave. Nice. Could you? Did you ever think we would get there? I, uh, no, I, I, I thought that far ahead. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, though, I think. Yeah. Um, so we are going to... What I want to do, it, the card is subject to change, but I want to cover a Jim Corbett story on nice. our 100th episode. He's our favorite guy, so yeah. I think that's a great idea. All right, so uh oh, by the way, Dave, we were ranked. We we got ranked. Oh, hey. Um number 172 under society and culture in India. 
Oh, is that good? <laughs> I I don't know. I think we were ranked. They only Sweet. ranked the top two hundred. I think. Oh, we made the cut. We did. <laughs> we love it. Sweet, India. that's awesome. So, now speaking of India, I just ran across this um, Indian metal band. Oh yeah, yeah. They're called Bloodywood. <laughs> Bloodywood, like, nice. I'll take on Bollywood, but uh, yeah, it was, it's really cool. They had like Bollywood music to oh, metal uh, music. Oh, it was so oh, cool. interesting. I, I was really into. No, I want to hear it. But yeah, and you know that's the cool part about our our show is that it kind of transcends culture. Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter where you're from, your politics, your your age, your gender. It doesn't matter as long as you like animals and you can handle, you can tolerate Dave and I. Then it could be a good show for you. So yeah, yeah pretty nice. All right, and we have a quick shout out to give. We want to thank Tom Russell. Tom Russell from the UK. He says we are very informative and fun. Sweet, which is exactly what I like to hear. So thank you very much. All right, so Dave, if anyone else wants a shout-out, uh, what is something they could do for us? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like. It really helps us gain more attention, gain more listeners. If you really want to help us out, well, you bitches, you better put your paws in your pockets and dig out some treasure. Send it our way via PayPal. Maybe I shouldn't do that one. No, that was the best one. Uh, Keep going. Just, just be a good boy and send some money our way. How's that? They would do that one. Yes. Go to, you can help us out by donating. You can go to PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com or on Venmo on my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. All that info is in the description below. Also, also, we still have t-shirts. Nice. Our t-shirts are pretty dope, I think. You wouldn't believe how often my kids and Dana and I wear those shirts. Oh, yeah. It's like... It's like it's got to be worn once a week. It's like a go-to. By everybody. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a good shirt. really good. Yeah. So uh, T-shirts, if you want, you can, if you want to get one, they are $24. Um, so plus shipping and handling. And shipping and handling is normally like four or five bucks in in the U.S. But uh, yeah, just what you want to do is you go to Facebook or Instagram and just send us a DM and you can tell us you want one, you're what size. And then I'll be like, cool, I'll send it to you. And then you send me your address and I'll be like, cool, I'm sending it to you. And then that's how that works. Yeah. And then you pay me, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, t-shirts amazing. Are, they're still on sale. We still have most sizes. We're out of double XL and we're out of extra small, but we got all the other ones. Mm. So yes, get your t-shirts right away. And to everyone, uh, listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us a cool animal related story of you or someone you know. Uh, or if you want to send an episode idea, you just want to ask a question, f- say hi, feel free. We really appreciate you. you can email us or message us on Facebook or Instagram, anything like Send us pictures of your dogs. We had a couple people do go. that Oh yeah. last time. So, yeah, send us pictures of your dogs. I'll say that they're good boys. <laughs> nice. I'll say that they're good boys or bitches, either one. <laughs> but uh, you can also help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on Google. We're on everyone, everywhere we need to be on. All right, so Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. All right, well, how about you, Professor Cheeto? We talked awful lot about cheetahs. So what do you have to say? Gentlemen, thank you for talking about my species. You know, it's funny because the truffle dealer I mentioned earlier was actually my best friend Roger, and he was a Labrador. Mm. Uh, I remember the days when we'd have all of the wild cheetahs and the, the dog potties uh, and all of the truffles. Oh, the truffles, so many. 
I would just snort them off these lady dogs' tummies all the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Isn't this a kid's show? Well, it's uh, PG-13. We're getting close, but... It's getting worse than you would. (laughs) It's saying worse things than you would. (laughs) Well, you know who writes writes this this, this stuff, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to learn more about his college years. (laughs) <laughs> or my college years, whatever, same, same. All right, this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends, be a part of building us up, and we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>